0: Recorded live. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm here with Jenna Daly, who is a licensed clinical social worker who does counseling, um, supporting parents mostly, and working with them as individuals and couples in ways that will support families, especially during times of stress. So we've been here in our program talking about how to handle stress quite a bit. And so Jenna and I are going to chat about the Impact of Intimate Relationships on Parenting. So, Jenna, hi, welcome. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm assuming that you believe that relationship health is really foundational to family health. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your work and your perspective and what you've learned about families. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, I do really think that relationship
1: health, health is important to family health. And, in fact, I used to work with children, and I switched to working more with parents. Um, Because a lot of times when the parents are able to model the behaviors and the um, emotions that they'd like to see in their children, and I'll talk a little more about that, um, they find that the whole family dynamic switches. And I like not to inject myself into the family so that the parents maintain the authority and uh, the relationship with their kids without adding another person in.
0: Sure, of course.
1: I love that. We talk a lot about modeling in the
0: parenting program. Yeah, I think it's
1: very, very important. Yeah. Uh, um, And so one of the things that I've noticed in the families that I'm working with or the parents that I work with, and that includes individual parents as well as couples, um, I suppose, um, is that there's a lot of reflection on how those people were raised themselves either because they feel like that was the perfect model or they feel like that was an awful model. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're acting in reaction to the model that they saw as opposed to developing, as opposed to responding to it, so developing what really works for them as a couple or that person as an individual and the children that they have. You know, um, you can read every book on childhood that you want, but your child is... But I think that's why some, you know, sleeping pro- programs work for some kids and they don't work for others. Um, and that working in a responsive setting instead of a reactive setting really helps to garner more results. Um, and some of that, too, is based on even if you really like the model that your parents had, that model may have worked better during a time with differing, different uh, gender expectations and relationship expectations. Um, and that has really shifted
0: sure that's a, an awesome point. I love that and And so there's part of this like unpacking process is what mm-hmm. is what occurs to me when you're you have to kind of sit back and and have that broader perspective so you can see that you're leaning either towards or away from how you were raised in order nice. to kind of chart your own path, which I think is right. ultimately what we all want to do and be mindful and attuned to both where we are in any given situation, where our partner is, and where our child or children is. That sounds complicated. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I think the goal working with people that
1: I believe in is not only being mindful and, you know, we talk a lot in session about being mindful, having gratitude, et cetera, but fundamentally we're working on authenticity Uh because you're able then, under times of stress, to uh, respond the way you want to respond when that response is authentic. If you're Mm -hmm. having to stop and be like, now, how am I supposed to respond again? When you're in those those split-second decisions, it has to really resonate with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things that I do as couples right from the beginning, um, everybody says, when you say, what do you want for your children? They say, I want them to be happy. And I ask people to be a lot more specific about what happy is. Is that joy? Is that contentment? Is that satisfaction? Like, what is happy? And what is it for you? What is it you want as a happy family? Like, what would be a happy family to you so that you're not just um, feeling like there are benchmarks for happiness that you're always falling short
0: of? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or thinking that happy means the absence of any feeling that's uncomfortable. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. That
0: happens well, too. The
1: word happy unto itself is a little bit of I think a trap.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you
1: really are looking to be. Um, what makes your family enjoy being with one another? What is that feeling that you're looking for? Is it hiking together? Is it watching TV together? Is it You know, like, there's a lot of
0: different ways, and it's based on your values. Sure, of course. So just briefly about the process of counseling or therapy, um, you know, some people really view that as something you would only engage in if things were really desperate or horrible or you're thinking about getting divorced. Can you kind of help us reframe couples counseling as more, like, preventative maintenance? Yes, absolutely. I really wish... Um, that people were
1: coming earlier. I've, I find the work that I do with people who are coming in with more of a mindset to say, like, yeah, we're a little off. We feel, excuse me, a little disconnected from one another or a lot disconnected from one another, but we want to make this work. The process moves much more quickly. Um, and there's a lot less resentment to unpack, which is, you know, um, a real – uh, saboteur of relationships, mm-hmm. that resentment. And it's usually based on, I think I'm, it, it's the biggest thing I see. Um, I've been trying to make this other person happy and they're not happy. And now I feel annoyed that they and mm-hmm. resentful mm-hmm. that they're not happy. I've been working so hard. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I have this metaphor that no longer works because it's all but, <laughs> If you ever give, if you've ever gotten a gift from somebody and it is so clearly the kind of thing they really like themselves, mm-hmm. we all have a tendency to do that. We try to help people. Um, we try to make people happy in the way that we understand happiness, which is what makes us happy. Exactly. So, and again, happy, right? What makes us yeah. feel better and what, is, what makes our kind of happy So um, an example of that in the postpartum period is that, you know, you will always read about self-care. And people who, if you have a spouse or partner who's a really active person and an extrovert, and they want, they would feel better going out with their friends, but you really need time to be alone in your house by yourself (laughs) uh, quietly. And they're saying, get out, see your friends. I'm making opportunities for you to do that. Mm-hmm. And when you're not taking them up on those opportunities, they feel resentful. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying. But it's a disconnect between the, t- the kinds of happy that you need. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's a communication I think it's, issue. <laughs> right? Right. It's a communication yeah. issue, and it is an under issue like, when you first start dating, I often say to people when they come in, like, I'm assuming that when you met one another, you thought each other were peachy keen. So there's got to be something there. <laughs> I, I strongly believe in love. Um, I speak to people on couples counseling, and they're like, you can't do counsel- couples counseling if you don't believe in love, like, if you don't believe in the concept, because you need to have some foundation for thinking that people can come together. <clears throat> and, you know, there's a whole science behind it, too. But Fundamentally, there's that sense that you are connected and you meet one another's adult attachment needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, the, speaking to the preventive maintenance, when you want to show your children, right, how to live a life that is authentic and that has joy in it and has peace in it, that working on showing you're their own uh, lab, really, you're their model. So having that for yourself really makes um, a crucial difference because it's not only how they learn to give love in adult relationships themselves, but it also establishes their expectations for love. Right.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I think I'm thinking of the difference between I learned this recently the golden rule and the platinum rule when you were talking that the golden rule is you you know you, if you treat others as you would like to be treated that's wonderful unless the person that you're trying to treat well is really different from you and mm-hmm. has different needs and desires and that the platinum rule would be that you would treat someone in the way in which they desire to be treated, which is, you know, means you have to talk more. It means you have to right. ask questions and be more curious and, and not assume that you know what's going to be a deposit in their bank account. You have to right. have those conversations ahead of time.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: also not feeling
1: like that difference is a value judgment on you. Yeah, that's true. But, you have to take the judgment out of it, absolutely. Right, like if that other person seems happier than you, it's not because you're doing something wrong or you are not. But it becomes it's almost a little competitive. Um, I really try to move people out of that competitive space, um, and I think that competitiveness comes up when they feel uh, that lack of attachment. Yep, sure that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. and
1: Ooh. I think oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I get very excited. <laughs> like, it's <about laughs> and <if> your <laughs> thoughts, it's your thoughts. So much to talk about. I mean, you often tell couples this is one of the things that it's hard. We talk about this usually in the third or fourth session. You need to be a little more talky the way you are with a child where you're explaining the process. Like mm-hmm. I When you said that, did you mean blah? Because that's Mm -hmm. how I took it. And then the person would be like, no, I didn't mean it that way. Right. really bring
0: that um, subtext conversation up. Yep, make it verbal. Yep, absolutely. I just saw Brene Brown speak last week, and she talked about using the phrase. So the story I'm telling myself about what you just did is, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then it's very authentic. It's very you're owning your own story in your head that you're, you know, potentially making up about why somebody is behaving the way that they are. Or they might say, yeah, I meant to hurt your feelings. Actually, I'm feeling really, really angry about X. But then at least you get to the bottom of it. And it's not underneath the surface, like you're saying. Yeah, and usually, like, so we model that a
1: lot in sessions in the beginning, uh-huh. and the people come in and they say, well, nothing really happened this week, and then we start talking about it, and eh, there were things that came up, but they don't, they want to avoid confrontation. Uh-huh. A lot of couples get into a dynamic where one person withdraws because, the, uh, because they don't want to make it worse. And the other person sees that as a distancing and pulling away and so they pursue and they what comes the cause is nagging or always criticizing because they're trying to get a reaction, some kind of attachment notification from the other person. Sure. Yeah, And yep. that person, therefore, shuts down more because they're like, oh, my God, that, you know, my partner's so angry with me, my partner's so irritated, I just don't want to make it work, I'm going to withdraw. And they keep getting into this dynamic where they're not being authentic about how they feel in,
0: out loud. Sure. Yeah. When well, they get further and further apart, which sort of segues into the next question is that, you know, especially when people are parenting young children, it's easy to get in a place where you are feeling very dis uh, mm-hmm. distance, or the other word you used was disconnected from mm-hmm. each other, just partly because there's so many other n- needs that aren't relationship yeah. needs that need to be yeah. attended to. Uh, the busyness of day-to-day life, you know, modern parenting is just kind of crazy. And, and this sort of also would apply to somebody who isn't parenting in a partnership just
1: mm-hmm.
0: get disconnected from yourself or from your friends or from your tribe of, you know, those people who bring you joy and help fill your cup. So mm-hmm. how do you help people work with
1: that? Yeah, I think the fill your cup metaphor is really strong. I often say to people that they, we talk about not feeling heard, um, that they're speaking, they're saying things and people are listening but not hearing them. Um, And that's a conflict that gets in all the time. I I think that it is easy for most of us to recognize with children when they are having um, difficulty with an attachment need. You know, we go into that hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Like a child, yeah, is on the ground, going, and <laughs> it's easier to separate that from being personal because you know, for one thing, it's often. I don't. I have a three year old, so it may not be still for <laughs> everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a three year old and an eight year old, so they. um you know, they're throwing themselves on the ground and like flailing at you. Yeah, exactly, and flailing, literally flailing. Um, and so it's easy to say, wow, that is such an outboard reaction to, to what's happened here, something that child does not feel held emotionally or is hungry or some need is not being met. With adults, it's a lot, it's the same uh, at least Sue Johnson, who does emotionally focused couples therapy, and that's the model, uh, Gottman and Sue Johnson, that's the model that I follow, um, which is less about communication with one another, like eye statements and blah, 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 and more about getting to the heart of that uh, attachment dynamic. Um, and this is true with intimate partners as well as with close friendships, that we have this need and we don't, we don't express it the way that children do, but the need still exists, And so it's bringing out and recognizing for ourselves what our needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about individual, you know, starting new relationships as well as being in relationships, understanding what your attachment needs are, um, mm-hmm. where you really feel lonely, because um, it's loneliness really. Um, and, I, you know, you asked me before about, like, parents and preventive maintenance. It's not just feeling present, but also feeling uh, cherished and valued by the person that you're with. And that comes about by when we are feeling most vulnerable, having someone who can sit with us and not cheer us on, but sit with us and validate that feeling and provide comfort.
0: Mm. Yeah, the words that come to mind are um, feelings of belonging or of being witnessed. Yeah. You're not not going into problem-solving mode or... Um, um, comfort can be a slippery slope too. I'm I'm guessing like there's yeah. I'm thinking of the people who come in and give a quick pat on the back and are like, it's gonna be okay. Oh yeah, not face. that kind of no, not cheerleading comfort. I just want to no, like more like a comfort. blanket comfort. Yeah, you know, more
1: like warmth and holding. I mean, with children, we literally hold them, and some adults need sure. that too. But there's that present moment of. You, I mean, really, it's validating you're not crazy. I, I do uh-huh. think that one of the benefits of um, being so close to having young children myself is being able to say, oh, yeah, like I remember someone coming in and talking about toys being all over the house and me saying to that person, oh, yeah, if you come to my house, my house is covered with toys, too. Just so right. everybody knows, my house is covered yeah, with right. all over the yep. floor, right? The thing is, we go to other people's houses and they've picked up the Legos. But of the course. truth is, we've all got you know Legos and Polly Pockets and whatever all over yep. the floor. Being able to be vulnerable with someone and having that person say, I'm, I recognize that you're doing the best you can. And that is great. What you're doing is enough, um, being with a person who can do that.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, is better communication the main goal? Like is that what you start off focusing? Or it's, it's not so much about – because there's a piece where you say it's not so much about communication. It's more about hearing versus listening. But sometimes um, that needs, the needs need to be conveyed in some way. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of times, uh, yes, the the I like to move couples out of the idea of if you fill out this workbook, everything is fine. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of couples relationships, I to the idea that it's not that you need to improve yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. It's sure.
1: that, because I think there's a lot of that in our society, like, you know, right. you're great, yeah. but you right. are run right, if you lost five pounds, you'd be better. It's right, right, not right. that you are broken, <laughs> it's that, the, or that the other person is broken, because there's a lot of, no. you know, um, sure. it's that you've gotten into a dynamic that does not work for you. It works for you 50%, but it doesn't take you the other 50%. And then in session we are working on identifying that dynamic and where what we're bringing when we when that dynamic starts. What Stu Johnson calls is a dance, right? The music starts, that's a trigger. And then you get into this dance and one person at least needs to be like, hey, the music started and we're in that dance.
0: Right. We don't have
1: to do that. Right, exactly. Now, the a, yeah, part, it's a pattern. pattern, like the red shoes, right? Like you're just in that music dance, frantically. But it's, you know, that there is a pattern, exactly, a dynamic that you're in that is, that you may not consciously realize you're getting into. And you need to not only identify that, be vulnerable and say, oh, I'm contributing to this dynamic too, and we don't need to do that. The other side, and this is really the Gottman part of the world, is creating opportunities to connect with one another so that it's not all about fixing that dynamic but also about rebuilding the, um, the connection that you had before, I, I actually say to people, once we get to this part of being in counseling as a couple, how did you communicate with each other, you know, in those early days of love where you just can't get enough time, you talk to one another for hours and blah, blah, blah. Was it, you know, back when I was falling in love, there was no email. So right. like now people, you know, <laughs> text message, email, exactly, text message, email phone calls, Skype, whatever, Uh to try asking your partner questions, even using that method, because it kind of reminds you of those old days. And sometimes you just don't have time to sit and talk to one another. Send each other texts during the day if you can. Uh, Leave each other messages. Asking questions about, What is important to that other person? Because if you've been in a relationship for 5, 10, 15, in my case, you know, almost 25 years, you start to think you know the person and vice versa. But, of course, if you look at yourself, you've changed. So it's impossible that that other person hasn't changed too asking what is motivating you right now what because that'll help you understand when you're fighting where they may be coming from
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's great it, it's, it's all of, when you're talking i'm thinking of all the different stuff we've been learning in, i mm-hmm. parenting about the brain and about how you know sometimes i catch myself doing something and you're saying something or reacting in some patterned way that's just the same old fight and i realize oh i've you know, I've gone into my limbic brain, I've gone into the emotional right. part where I'm just right. I'm just acting out of habit and this is how I was taught to behave when I get scared instead of, you know, whoa, whoa, hold on. Instead of then I could say, Oh, you know what? I just went into my fear brain and, and things are getting wonky. Hold on a second, let me take a breather and and regroup or right. you know and trusting my partner to be able to say, like, Wow, I just got really scared or you know, whatever this may mm-hmm. be. Um mm-hmm. and I think especially when things are getting tight around time and yeah time for yourself, whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert, needing to, you know, have those, you know, can, um, what were you calling them? Attachment attachment
1: mm-hmm.
0: Attachment. Kind of need. Yeah. Needs. That was it. Um, people kinda of get in survival mode and how how what are your tips for helping people kind of get out of survival mode or even notice that they're in survival mode? That's probably the first step. Yeah, I think
1: one of the, I think there's two predominant ways that that survival mode uh, really presents itself, and they both kind of come from the same thing. They come from feeling like you're in the day to day, but not present. Like it's just very routine. I think the word that comes to mind, or the word that comes to mind, is drudgery. Where you feel like you're sort of drudging through
0: <laughs> mundane.
1: Uh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. even that, like, oh good lord, me, let me make it through till bedtime, um, or to the weekend. Or, you know, if your weekends are like a lot of people's are, um, make it through till you can get back to work where it's quiet sometimes. Um, you know, I, I think somebody posted something about family dinner and on Facebook and, I, and tagged me, and it's true. I think that family dinner, like family dinner itself, is, can be highly overrated because it is one of the most charged. Yeah, For survival times. You've got kids who <laughs> won't eat. Everybody I love that. <laughs> running down the clock to bedtime. Um, yep. Weekends too, like you're all together, At The end of the day no structure and like yep. you know these things. This is not. It, it's too much. Of kids throwing food. Down. It's too much and hiding under um, the table. Right, but your child won't go to Harvard if you don't have family dinner. I mean, and yeah, like, that's, absolutely. you know, the best thing that could possibly happen, obviously. They should be pregnant. Right. Like, I don't know. It doesn't sound great. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it's really difficult. So, but that sense of, like, I am just running a race and I'm just, like, exhausted to the bottom. Um, the other thing that comes up with couples is, A, couples feel like they haven't spoken to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and haven't so therefore haven't had about anything related to anything that is not practical, like mm-hmm. getting a child from point A to point B. Um mm-hmm. or, and or are very snippy with one another. Short, um, because it's this expression of short on time, short in your yeah. the way that you're speaking to one another. Um, and people talking about not having sex. And that is really to my mind not a in couples, like not a cause of a problem, although it often comes up as, like, this is the problem for us, um, but a symptom of a lack of connection. Um, mm-hmm. We're feeling like, uh, I, I just don't, I'm so exhausted. I just do not have anything else. Um, so I, I think that often happens, one, I mean, just really busy, but also when you are, Um, meeting everybody else's needs and everybody else's expectation and you're just run dry. I see lots of couples who are in that place and helping them to bring some more lightness into their lives um, by telling them you don't have to do that or you don't have to do it that way just because everybody else does.
0: Yeah, giving people some freedom to um, set intentions that work for them and have a more individualized experience. Yeah. That.
1: and move past expectations um, you know sometimes I say like we should take what you've got right and just sit here in this room for one hour first of all sometimes people are like this is the only quiet time we have to talk to one another and that's, <laughs> price, that's the I, price of really mediating, I am helping pick up dynamics but sometimes it just needs some space um, and take everything you're making an expectation about say discipline or whatever throw it up in the air what if None of it was something you had to do, and you're only doing the things that your gut is telling you you should do. Where would things fall down then? Mm-hmm. And it talks about finding happiness, and one of the things I do in, uh, in session is this thing I call an emotional roadmap, that mm-hmm. you set out an intention for how you want your family life to feel based on how you would like to feel, and then the hearing one another talk about that can be really valuable. And sometimes people think the other person doesn't mind where they are. Um, so hearing what is happiness for each other, what what do you want? Um, do you have to have the same thing to have a direction for your family? And once you've got that direction, and I try to move them away from the usual roadmaps of I want to have a house or we want to yeah. savings really to where you want to feel, how you want to be in the world. And then when it comes to setting discipline and chores and things like that, asking yourself or making a decision about whether or not you're going to go to your family's house next weekend or 600 soccer games or whatever, does this support my roadmap goal? Does this support how we want to feel as a family? Not does it mean, you know, like they're well-rounded children and blah, blah, blah. Like does this support what we as a family value? And a good example of that is a lot of people will talk about community, that they, they, want, that they want their children to believe in respect and community. Like, so then the chores around the house need to be framed in a community way. The way we interact and discipline with them and the way they want, we want them to talk to us needs to model all that respect. If that's what's important to you, then that needs to become part of a, a holistic approach to your life.
0: That's lovely. I love it. So we've been talking mostly about folks who are, you know, in established relationships, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes, you know, folks have been through a separation. They might be in a place mm-hmm. where they're single and starting new relationships. Do you have any mm-hmm. tips for that situation? Sure. I think there a
1: lot of the same things apply. Um, because having that individual work or individual reflection, not focusing so much on, like, what went wrong in the past relationship, but Uh focusing on the needs that you have that were not met Uh and what those things are, and, again, what do you need to feel happy. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I work with who come in will say, well, I want to be in a relationship because I need companionship um, or security. And I think that that as a goal, as opposed to saying, I feel like I need a life that has public movement or something that is specific to the individual, what do you individually want, build out to understand how who you're looking for should fit into how you want to be. Got it. Is it? Yeah. And also I think when you have children and you're establishing relationships, the more work that you can do to understand what your boundaries are. So understanding what you need and who you want to be helps you say, okay, but here's my boundary, right? Like if um, somebody calls me in the middle of the night and says, hey, I want to come over and like my – needs are, like I need to have quiet, reflecting time at night. I'm not just going to throw all that. I set a boundary. I'm not throwing that aside. Or the weekends are for Saturdays for spending with my child. And even though so-and-so is available, this is important to me or is important to my child. I need to establish a boundary. If that person can't respect that boundary, then they don't have the same values. or Like they're not listening to your needs. The more you know your needs, the better if able, you're able to establish boundaries and to see if the other person has matching boundaries.
0: I love it. Thank you. Um, before we close up, just any, are there any situations in which counseling is really not the right fit for someone? We kind of certainly are pro, <laughs> pro, <laughs> yeah, pro sure. counseling and reflection and all that stuff, but are there any sure. situations where that's not a good fit? Yeah, there are actually.
1: Um in a relationship where one or both people is clearly um, abusive mm-hmm. um, so that one or both people are really focused on the power dynamic of the relationship um, and that is the need that they're getting that that's not an attachment need that can really be shifted in session um, one of the things I find is that if someone has an unacknowledged substance abuse problem, not an acknowledged one, not where they're both like, oh, you know, maybe this is interfering with my life and sometimes it's per session, if the person is upfront about the substance that they're using, we can talk about that and they can say, you know, is this really like you're you're using this to sort of relax and to feel comforted in some way, but like is it really um, but that, that's a difficult situation. And then the biggest one is if one of the people is just done. That doesn't mean, like, if they're having an affair, if they come back from that. Um, or that it means that they've really emotionally moved on. They've really not only decided that they feel, because the phrase I hear all the time is we feel like business partners. Um, when people come in and say, I hate to say it, but we feel like business partners, that's different than you know. I figure we're just in it for the kids. Like it's and, and they really mean it that way. If one person has really decided that they've moved on and that this is not something they want to do, that that's uh, the counseling. Um, then that kind of counseling to bring people together is counseling. There are also, of course, there's counseling to help mediate um, separating in a way that you're still respecting your children's needs and to be respectful to one another in separation. Sure. Yeah. That's but this thing. kind of counseling, the kind that I do that emotionally focused
0: doesn't really um, yeah. definitely
1: really
0: address that. Yeah. Sure, of course. Well, that makes total sense. Thank you so much for such Thanks. a rich conversation, Jenna. I was really, yeah. I was taking lots of notes for myself. <laughs> um, so <laughs> thank you. That I got on and I'm like, oh, I haven't even
1: talked about
0: that. <laughs> I get yeah. really excited. Yeah. I
1: think yeah. every parent deserves to feel like they are on a team, that they are supportive, that they are lifted up and also lifting other people up, that that sense of feeling heard and valued and being on a team. I think it's not just the couple. Uh, I mean, that comes up a lot, but all parents um, need to feel like... We're in this together. That that makes me sad about some of the things we see online that are like, well, yeah. this not like this, this that like that. Yeah, um, mothers yeah. and fathers yeah. together need to feel like they're on a team, working yeah. for the benefit of what their child needs.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so Great. much, um, so, and thank, thank you for having, having me listening. And we will continue our peak parenting experience of practicing empathy and kindness and. I appreciate you joining us, Jenna. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.